Hello and welcome to Front Page Radio with your host, international author, broadcaster, and journalist Dan Wooding, the founder of Assist Ministries and the Assist News Service. Dan, who was born in Nigeria of British missionary parents, was raised in England and later worked for some of Great Britain's largest newspapers. He has been a journalist covering the world for some 47 years now with a focus on persecuted Christians and missions. And now, here's Dan Wooding with today's guest. Welcome to today's program, and we have a very special guest, Roma Downey. Roma, uh, as many of you will know, uh, starred as the beloved angel Monica in Touched by an Angel. She's also been in the Bible series and feature film Son of God, uh, and she is from Northern Ireland. And she's got a new book called Box of Butterflies. So, Roma, thank you for coming on the program. Thank you for having me on, Dan. It's great to hear your voice. Well, being from Birmingham, uh, <laughs> you could probably understand me. When I moved over here, Roma, I had to change my accent. Uh, did you have to uh, soften up your Northern Ireland accent? I did, you know, and I've been here probably, gosh, about 30 years, Dan, so I think it naturally softened over the years. Um, uh, but uh, in the early 1990s, I found myself cast uh, to play Jackie Kennedy in a miniseries called A Woman Named Jackie, um, uh, a six-hour miniseries. And I remember they hired a, a dialectician to work with me uh, to eliminate my Irish accent, and we <laughs> nicknamed him the Brogue Batter. <laughs> and any time he heard me sound too Irish or too Northern Irish, he would hit me over the head with a script. And so I think I, uh, that was the beginning of, of the softening for me. But when I played um, the angel Monica on Touched by an Angel, I still kept a hint of the accent. I think um, it lent itself well to the musicality of the role, uh, Dan. And then, of course, as you mentioned, I played Mary, the mother of Jesus, in in the Bible series and the film Son of God. And... and, uh, and and I, again, softened the accent for that. So for some roles in my career, it has it has been effective, and for some, I've had to play it down. When you're at home with your hubby, Mark, uh, do, do you speak just normally normal Northern Irish or what? Yes, just normal <laughs> Northern Irish. And my husband, of course, is from Essex, and, uh, and so we are, you know, I think... But his, his accent probably has softened too. Sometimes people ask him if he's Australian. <laughs> and, uh, you know, and that's just many years in America. But listen, we have, America has been very good to us and we're very grateful for all the opportunities that we have been given in this great country and, um, love living here. I try to get back home to Northern Ireland at least once a year. I still have uh, relatives there. But uh, but we're very much uh, uh, rooted here in Southern California. <laughs> <laughs> the weather's a little bit better, I agree. The Box of Butterflies. Now, you were raised, I understand, in the Bugside in, in Northern Ireland where there were a lot of... I was. Of it, I was raised in Derry City. Yes. And uh, I was raised during the 70s, so our situation that we know of as the Troubles... Um, was probably at its height during my formative years. Um, but, the, but the real crisis in my life, Dan, was that my mother died unexpectedly just a week before my 11th birthday. And um, to tell you that it was, you know, the most 
heartbreaking event maybe in my whole life would be accurate. Um, it was as if the lights had been turned out and the color removed. And um, I remember my dad took me up to Derry City Cemetery not long after Mum passed, and we brought to her graveside a bunch of pansies because pansies were her favorite flower. She always said they looked like little butterflies. Hmm. And I knelt down at the grave to place the bunch of flowers on her tombstone, and a real butterfly flew up behind the stone. And my father said, would you look at that wee butterfly there? Sure, that could be your mother's spirit. And into my own personal darkness came a ray of hope. The idea that a butterfly could represent my beloved mother brought me such a comfort. And all through my life, whenever I've been in my darkest times or needed a reminder or needed a little bit of hope, butterflies have shown up, you know, all along the way, Dan. And I'm, I don't mean just real butterflies, of course, you might say, but Roma, you live in Southern California and you have a garden and it's filled with butterflies. And yes, that's true. But I'm not talking about real butterflies. I'm talking about a butterfly as a tattoo on a waitress's neck or a piece of jewelry or on the side of a moving truck. And uh, just little reminders along the way that I wasn't alone and little reminders, really, of, of God's love. And so Box of Butterflies, which is a deeply personal, spiritual memoir, are the stories of my life, but woven together with with inspirational quotes that have encouraged me over my life or scripture that I love, prayers that I love, poetry that I love. I'm an Irish woman and a lover of poetry, including W.B. Yeats, who's in there, and David White, Mary Oliver, some beautiful um, pieces of writing. And, uh, and, so, and here it is, out in time for Easter, and Mother's Day, then I hope it'll make a, a lovely gift for somebody. So it's published, I understand, by Simon & Schuster. Uh, came out on March the 6th, 2018. Tell us a couple of these stories that really touched you that you've included in the book. Well, I, I, um, I have a number of stories in there that are, um, you know, dear, dear memories of, of my mum and dad, first of all, and uh, and stories of my beloved adopted mother, Della Reese. Adela, your listeners may remember, was my co-star on the TV series Touched by an Angel. She played the feisty angel <laughs> test to my um, novice angel, Monica, and the relationship that we had off-screen was very much reflected on what people would have seen on screen. She's the most extraordinary woman, wise and strong and courageous, and um, was such a mentor to me. And I was delighted that um, that she was able to write a beautiful foreword for Box Butterflies. Uh, she wrote that towards the... Uh, the end of last year, and little did we know uh, that uh, before the year uh, was over that, that she herself 
would um, would have made her transition. And so uh, the fact that she has gone, it, it makes it all the more meaningful that I get to honor her memory uh, in the book. And I, I tell um, stories, back, behind-the-scenes stories of, of working with Della and what a real-life angel um, she was. Um, but uh, but some of the stories with my my family, you know, um, one I can remember well. Dan, I lived in a lodging house in England in Ealing. Oh yes, uh, when I, li- I was a <laughs> uh, student at drama school, and uh, I was due to fly home to Northern Ireland for a family event, and my father, um, I got on the phone with him the night before. It was a, a Payphone in the hallway of this lodging house. Uh, this was long before we had cell phones and the <laughs> like. And um, and he said it'll be great to get you home tomorrow. Um, he said it's very damp here and cold. Um, and so I've hung up on the indoor clothesline your favorite yellow flannel sheet. <laughs> and it was such a sweet and thoughtful thing of my dad to have done. And I may had not have thought anything more of it, except in the middle of the night, my neighbor banged on my door and said, Irish, wake up and tell your family not to call in the middle of the night. And I sleepily went down to the telephone, and one of my brothers was on the other end. He said, come home on the same plane, but we thought you should know that Da is dead. Oh. And my father had unexpectedly died of a heart attack in the night. And so I got on the same plane I was due to fly on home for this family event. And by the time I got back to the little row house I grew up in, in the Bogside area of Derry City, my sister said, come back into the kitchen for a cup of tea. Um, You know, we Irish love our tea and the cup of tea is a solution to many things and i went back into the kitchen and there hanging on the indoor clothesline were the yellow flannel sheets and they just took my breath away dan because they didn't mean anything to anybody else in fact um, my family said we better get those old sheets down before people start visiting the house to pay respect and I said, I'll leave them just a minute. Let me breathe in their kindness because they were the last act of love from my, um, from my dear, thoughtful father. Can you describe your parents? To, you know, to, were, they, were they from a sort of pretty working-class type of background? Uh, yes, they were. My, my, my mother, um, uh, for, before she married my father, had worked in a shirt factory, um, there had been a linen industry in the 50s and 60s in the north of Ireland, and, and my mother was um, uh, worked at a sewing machine, and uh, they made shirts um, uh, uh, for Ben Sherman. And uh, my father uh, uh, had a college education, which probably would have been fairly unusual for the area that he grew up in, and he uh, qualified as a school teacher. And, uh, and taught for many years uh, before um, moving over into a um, uh, mortgage company, uh, trying to help to get uh, uh, people who were challenged to get home loans. Uh, 
he had a heart for trying to help people mm. get on their feet. And um, he was a, 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 a great man, my dad. Dan, you would have loved him. Um, I, I, he, um, he'd also, with his teaching ability, very discreetly invited men in our neighborhood and men who could not read and write and he um allowing them the the, the dignity of of their you know of discretion he held a, a little class up in one of our back rooms and um you know that's the kind of uh, person he was and it was and he was a man of deep faith um so we grew up in a house where prayer um you know it was always the right time for prayer and uh, and that certainly after our mum died uh you know we we would have leaned into prayer to help us through that that most uh, painful time um but he was a kind man and um and in spite of the challenges of growing up in northern ireland at that time and in spite of the challenge of growing up in a house where our mother had been so abruptly removed you know i look back and and think it was you know we because of our dad it was a a, a safe house and a loving house and i'd be forever grateful to him for you know for being such a good dad well, we're speaking with roma downey about her new book box of butterflies and before we talk more roma I got my second job in journalism in Ealing, of all places. Did I worked, <laughs> worked for the Middlesex County Times, and we lived in a luxurious uh, flat over a fish and chip shop. In, <laughs> West that must Ealing, have been nice and stinky. <laughs> <laughs> West Ealing Boulevard, we lived there, and uh, I lived there for about five years, I think it was. So I did, Right out at the end of the line there, Dan, right? <laughs> uh, I loved it. I loved being in Ealing, and I had a very good experience at drama school there. Um, I, I do tell a story in my book that when I applied to drama school, I'd already gone through a, a, an art school education. I thought I was going to be a painter, and I went to Brighton Art School. And uh, and somewhere along the way, I had read a, a quote, and I paraphrase it, but it was from the artist Vincent van Gogh who said, you know, that he no longer felt it was enough for him to be the painter. He wanted to be the paint. And I remember thinking, oh, I really want to be an actor, you know. And so, long story short, I, I, I applied to the prestigious drama studio in Ealing and was accepted, but um, ended up not being eligible for a, a grant. And so I thought, well, that was the end of that dream. You know, I'd have to try and figure out some other way to break into acting. But at the time, I was working with a, a number of um, uh, professional uh, people in a theater festival, summer theater festival. And uh, three of these people got together and offered to put up the money for me to go to college and I said, I could never take that kind of a loan. I wouldn't be able to repay that. And they said, no, no, it's not a loan. It's an investment in you. And we we would want to do this on the condition that you would then, you know, do a, a pass it forward, pay it forward. 
and uh, and invest in somebody else, you know. And so I, I they met with my dad because I would never have taken that kind of a an offer without my dad approving something like that. And and you know they, their kindness was extraordinary to have to have believed in me was extraordinary and it gave me such confidence and over the course of my career I've always wanted to work extra hard to you know to prove them right or to allow them the you know the ability to say that they invested wisely and in the interim you know I've been very fortunate in my life Dan and I've and I've tried to pay it forward many times um, over and um and you know, and I've suggested to the people I've paid it forward to that they pay it forward, and so that this kindness can just keep on going. And what, um, I'll be forever grateful. What What is so amazing, <coughs> Roma, about um, your story is the fact that you eventually met and fell in love with a British paratrooper. Yes. And uh, for those, can you just first of all explain why the paratroopers were not? Uh, so popular in in your part of Derry City? Well, you know, there had been a, a shooting in my city many, many years ago when I was a little girl, and that particular regiment had been responsible for that. So, you know, there was a, still a lot of heartache and uh, um, around that issue. And, you know, and to this day, I think what, what happened when um, David Cameron, I remember, came into office, there was finally the, the results of an investigation to that shooting on Bloody Sunday, and and the the British government actually offered an apology to the people of Derry and to the victims of Bloody Sunday, and I think that went a long way to starting the beginnings of healing in our community. Of course, which is um, you know we have seen so much healing over the years, Dan, and. The city of Derry, when I grew up in it, was divided by a river, the River Foyle. And for the most part, Protestants lived on one side and Catholics lived on the other. And never the twain did meet, really. And, of course, the last decade has seen a bridge being built across that river, a walking bridge, aptly called the Peace Bridge. And, um, you know, it's uh, our communities have have figured out how to live with with um you know comfortably and respectfully and allowing uh, each allowing our differences um you know and i think that uh, i know our leaders in northern ireland have have been invited to speak in other areas of the world where there has been issue in the past at the middle east and so on um because they finally you know knew that the only way forward was that people have to you know have to there has to be an element of forgiveness and there has to be an element of being able to sit around the table together and talk together you know i mean you know you and i have spoke um uh, when we did the bible series my husband mark and i and we've we've spoken over the years and the various projects i had the last big film project that we worked with with MGM of course was the remake of the classic film Ben-Hur and if you consider the core themes of that film it's all about um, forgiveness you know the, the 
Judah Ben Hur and uh, and uh, you know feels that he if he can just get revenge that then he will be his heart will be satisfied and of course he gets his revenge but he's filled only with emptiness and it isn't until he has an encounter uh, with Jesus and that he hears Jesus on the cross say Father forgive them they don't know what they're doing that he has a um, a real awakening um, and he drops the stone and he puts down the bag of hate and he goes and he's asked his brother to forgive him and you know it's one of the most powerful scenes I think anywhere where that story can can resonate because there's so much anger in our world and so much fragmentation and so much division and you know we just hope and pray for the places that we can build bridges between each other Rama, very quickly, you know, <clears throat> Box of Butterflies is a beautiful story, but your relationship with Mark is pretty extraordinary as well. Tell us how that happened and uh, how it's worked out. Yeah, my my uh, husband is just a, is a wonderful man, and it's been really such a great love story. Um, a few Valentine's Days ago, um, I mean, a few years ago on Valentine's Day, he took me out into our garden and he handed me um, a, a lovely box with a gardenia on the top. And he said, open it very gently, Roma. And I took the lid off and out flew um, these beautiful butterflies. And it just took my breath away because my husband knows the significance the butterfly has had in my life. Um, starting with my the loss of my mother and the butterfly has symbolized a reminder that she's still with me. And I've also loved the imagery of the butterfly because, you know, the butterfly, when it's a caterpillar, has no idea what's ahead of it. <laughs> and um, And it just has to trust. And yet it's through the struggle of its life in the cocoon that it that it strengthens its wings allowing it to fly. And we can all look back on our own lives at the places of struggle, at the times when we've been stuck inside the cocoon of our own heartaches. And it's good to be reminded sometimes that it's the very struggle that will give us the strength we need. And so, my, you know, Mark knew that when he gave me that gift. The gift, of course, became the inspiration for the title of my book, Box of Butterflies. And each of the butterflies just represents a blessing in my life. It didn't start out as a blessing. You know, I didn't know at the time it was a blessing. But there have been so many things like that. And certainly, meeting my husband and falling in love with him has to be one of the main blessings in my life. And not only do we have a wonderful marriage, but we have an extraordinary partnership out of which we have been able to create um, our company, Lightworkers, and uh, and we're committed to telling stories of hope and inspiration through film and through our digital company. And so it's been not only a romantic marriage, <laughs> but, a, uh, but a beautiful working partnership and friendship as well. Roma, if people would like to get a copy of the book, uh, where do they go? Yes, they can just, the book will be out then on March 6th, just in time for Easter. And for Mother's Day, um, because it really is beautifully illustrated and, you know, I think will make a perfect gift. And for anybody 
that would like to learn more about the book, they can just go to boxofbutterflies.com and it will tell you there how you can pre-order it so that you'll be one of the first to get it. (laughs) You know, I'm just so excited. This has really been a labor of love. It's a deeply personal book, and I just hope and pray that it is a comfort, that it will be a blessing uh, to to those who get the chance to read it. Roma Downey, thank you so much for being on the program. Thanks, Dan. Great to talk to you, and all the best to you. Thank you, dear. God bless You have been listening to Front Page Radio with international journalist Dan Wooding. If you would like a free subscription to the Assist News Service, log on to www.assistnews.net. And if you would like to write to Dan, send an email to assistnews at aol.com. Tune in again for another edition of Front Page Radio on this same station.